0: You know, you know that saying, you know, uh, new boss is sort of the same as the old boss? You know that saying?
1: I don't know that one, but go ahead.
0: Matt, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> is it just me? Are we starting no. off this?
1: Okay, cool, 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 two.
0: cool, cool, cool. Well, I am the smartest one, as we all know. Well, guys... John, Matt, and myself are finally here to introduce you to our brand new show that you're hearing for the first time. You might know us from Martinis and Murder, but yep. this show, we're going to be doing a new case every single Sunday, so you're still going to get the sass from us for sure. For um sure. And this one we're calling Shaken and Disturbed.
2: do do
1: do 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 Shaken and Disturbed. Yeah, that's... That's not our intro music, as you just heard. That was our
0: plan B. It's an option.
1: It was an option for us. Yes.
0: Finally, we get to sing on this podcast, (laughs) and we're very uh, excited. And believe it. And believe it or not, people, if you know us from before, John, should we? We have to reveal Matt's real voice this time, don't we?
1: Well, I guess we should. Well, first of all, I wanted to say welcome everybody um, to Shaken and Disturbed, Darren. That was a great intro uh, to a new. A new era in podcasting for us. This is our third uh, podcast together, believe it or not. Wow, you're right, because um, we, yeah. we had
0: currently, and we had Martinez and and currently was like such a fun little side project, and yeah. it almost got like, it, it's crazy to think that that was like six years ago we did it. I
1: right know, now. that is crazy. Um, and yeah, so Shaken and Disturbed, Darren, before we get to Matt, we'll get to Matt in just a second, he's, you know, yeah. st- still not important. Um, let's talk True. briefly about why we decided Shaken and Disturbed. This was actually an idea you came up with. You thought this was like a cool play on... On life,
0: little, cu- yeah. A, a, it was kind of a it was kind of a good um, addition to getting the um, energy and getting the yes. spirit of martinis and murder. What we came from, shaken and disturbed, is obviously one we both feel out of a lot of the cases we cover. Uh, for a lot sure. of them are hello, leave us shaken and mostly disturbed, but exactly. it's also a play on the words for shaken and disturb, shaken and stirred, because we will be drinking on this show. of
1: course. <laughs> Yes, that's a great point. Take a drink. So that's
0: why I am yeah. right now, baby. Good.
1: Um, okay, so let's bring in Matt, guys. Big drum roll here. In fact, Darren, I'll be editing these shows. Oh, good. We do have a drum oh, roll effect. I did
0: my own. Okay. No, go ahead. Yeah, that go. was me. Yeah, no, that was me. Uh
1: huh. Matt did peek in in the beginning, but guys, we're here with Matt, who in this show will not be disguising his voice. So, real Matt, welcome to the show for the first time in our podcasting careers.
0: Thank you. Wow. That, <laughs> you know, it. it only took like, you know, 250 episodes from our last podcast to reveal right. his voice. And then he, you know, we've built this up. We've built this up. we yeah. try to keep his identity secret. And then all he comes in with is thank you. Yeah. Matt, does it feel good to be out of the voice change shackles, if you will? I mean, does it feel good to now express who you fully are? No. <laughs> cool. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Very Cool. 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 Cool, cool, cool. Moving right, on, moving well,
1: on. well, we got a thank you and a no. So it looks like yep. we're gonna get the same kind of energy that uh, we got from Matt in the last show. So there you
0: Correct. go. Correct. Yes.
1: Anyways, um, Darren, before we get into today's show, yeah. we should also we should yeah. talk about what the show is. We're gonna be doing what? Tell everybody what we're gonna be doing because it's not just a regular murder case every week.
0: No, we're definitely going to have that because we know that's the bread and butter and we know that's what you guys want to hear. But we're actually going to be including a lot more interviews on this one and we're going to do some true crime TV recaps they want you to tell us about. So if you're familiar with John and I, you know that I'm a big, big TV head. John loves Spice Girls and Pokemon (laughs) and Mandalorian. He is a true crime head, but he isn't as up to date on the television watching as I need him to be. So... We've, we've, I've now trapped him in this podcast and he is now forced to watch (laughs) the things that I want him to watch. Finally, I have worked this out. Um, and so please send us your suggestions about things to watch as well, because we're going to be including that. And, you know, we'll have some mini sodes where we complain about living in New York city, even though I'm obsessed with it. And we'll complain about Matt, even though I'm not obsessed with him.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we have, yeah. you know,
0: a lot to discuss on here, and uh, you know, and obviously, I want to also say how this one's different. But we got a mm-hmm. lot of good feedback from you guys on the Facebook page when we announced about martinis and murder, and we just want to let you know we're here, we're not going anywhere. Mom and Dad have not left you. John and I are not breaking up. He never, tried never. but we did I, tried. I we, we didn't sat try. down, yeah. we talked it out. You know, and listen, at the end of the day, was I begging John to stay monogamous with me? I was, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, but... I yeah. wheedled, I wheedled him down and I got him to stay monogamous to me.
1: Well, thank you, Darren, for that. And um, yeah, guys, we were not going to leave you high and dry. I mean, I was so sad to see the reaction in our in the Facebook group in particular. Oh God, I
0: know
1: so many people were me. so upset, and like we had we knew like in 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 our heads, and obviously we had recorded. Um, some things for you guys for this show. And I was like, oh my God, I want to tell them so badly so they aren't upset. Oh. But, you know, that's the way show business works. And here we well, are. We kept, Dry we your tears. Surprise.
0: And yeah, you know exactly. what? The thing, I, the thing I love about the Facebook group, which is why it's sticking around, it is not changing, is because the number one thing that we heard outside of the fact that obviously you listen to the podcast is that it's actually a really peaceful Facebook mm-hmm. group that uh, brings a lot of light to a lot of people. I know a lot of the cat pictures that have been sent to me over the years, so how <laughs> could I possibly get rid of those? So don't right. worry. Stay in the group. We're going to keep it just as positive as possible. But this time, Johnny Boy, on Shaken and Disturbed, oh, we have yeah. a fucking Patreon, you guys. Okay? Oh, my so God. we are independent podcasters now. It is all on us, which is great because we can sing and we can, you know, maybe leave out the word allegedly <laughs> here and there. But... We also need your help in, in supporting us. So yeah. We have a Patreon. Please go to patreon.com slash shakenanddisturbed, all one word. You can always click the link in our show notes. It's going to mm-hmm. be in my bio. It'll be in Matt's bio. It'll be in John's bio, all on our social media. But we need your help.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's, it's more than just like give us your money. It really is a community. We have loved right. interacting with you guys, and especially now that we're independent podcasters. We're going to really need that support from you, the listeners, in ways that we didn't in previous podcasts. So we want to keep doing the show. We know how much it means to so many of you. But in order to keep it going, we are going to need some Patreon support, so to speak.
0: Yes, please. And honestly, we have multiple tiers of perks, pretty much ranging from like $5 to $20 per month. And you get amazing things. We're going to have bonus episodes, direct access to chat with us. You can come drink mm-hmm. with us. Maybe some surprises in the mail, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Some shout outs, perhaps.
1: <laughs> There's also, Darren, a tier that includes the option for the listeners to sign up to be called by us live on the show. <gasps> now that's fun isn't that so cool you'd get to talk to us and be part of the show and we've never done that before so we're very excited because for how long darren even beyond our last show like previous shows like we've never had a live call-in experience because we've just been like recording our shows in a corner and setting them out to the world like we don't really get to interact with you guys the way like a live radio show would so That's one thing I'm particularly excited for. All of this is in our show notes, or you can go to Patreon. That's p a t r e o n. dot com slash slash. Am I already fucking up on episode one? Slash. Oh my god. Slash shaken. I'm just going to say that. You're a nice piece of slash,
0: John Thrasher.
1: (laughs) Slash shaken and disturbed, all one word. Okay, Darren, we got all of our. Let's do it business out of the way let's get to what we're used to doing which is our first ever crime murder case on shaken and disturbed and why don't you kick it off for us
0: let me kick it off so the t day family owned a gorgeous cabin in the mountains of oakley utah where they would go for vacations and spend some holidays i've never been to utah uh so i I know that this isn't my doing matt have you ever been to utah
1: Matt. Long, long pause let's see if we can get mad
0: back are you, are you thinking oh my about-
2: gosh i was on mute um <laughs> wow i'm fucking up left and right so that's okay yeah i have i've been to salt lake city and i've like driven around out in the desert and went camping it's it's super beautiful and stunning
0: i've always wanted to go to utah especially today in new york when it's like a snowy snowy mess it oh just makes God. me miss like very good skiing out west
1: can I say one quick thing about what Matt just said being super stunning? One yeah. great thing about Utah is guess who's from Utah? David? No. Ar-cha-le-ta. No. No. Ta. Yeah. No. It's not going anywhere until we're married. So, I whatever forgot, show I we do.
0: I forgot to tell you, and for new listeners, John is obsessed with David Archuleta. But one of my <laughs> friends, who was a fan of Martinis and Murder, was like, "Hey, uh, I work for some like rock group or something." Don't. They were like, "Can you ask um, Darren? This is my best friend from growing up. Can you ask Darren who Don't. John, which American Idol guy John is obsessed with? Is it Adam Lambert? Because I have this Adam Lambert thing going." And I wrote back, "No."
1: It's no, David it was not Archuleta. Adam Lambert.
0: But you <laughs> I go, know what's it's funny is when worse. Adam Lambert
1: was on American Idol, I got a lot of people thinking I look like him, which is a compliment. He's handsome, but not He's what I'm handsome. Mean
0: okay, we're gonna go back to David. That Archuleta. just gave me okay. heart
1: palpitations because I thought you were gonna be like because David Archuleta was asking about him and da da da. Like that really made me sweat. we keep
2: going,
0: David Archuleta. Please subscribe and support us on Patreon. and support okay.
2: and Shaken and Disturbed. Yeah. T family. He's he's, he's, he's barely going to be able to focus for this episode. Now. I know. I really. I got I a little I nervous. Sh-
0: Should have waited to the end. Okay, let me continue <laughs> with the case. Yes, guys. let's okay. get through it. Yes. So the TD family owns a gorgeous cabin in the mountains of Oakley, and the cabin was so remote that it was about two and a half miles off the road, and in the winter, they had to park their cars and drive snowmobiles to reach it. So it's remote, 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 remote. And in by nine- the way,
1: the snow is about two feet and counting outside of my window right now, yes. so we might need snowmobiles to see each other one day, Darren, it seems like.
0: I would kill to have a snowmobile Me in too. New York City. Well, in 1990, the T-Days were from Houston. They went up to the cabin to spend Christmas. It was Rolf T-Day, who was 51, his wife Kay Tidwell T-Day, also 51, and their two daughters, Lene, who was 20, and Trisha, who was 16 at the time. Now, Kay's mom, Beth, who was there also, was 76 and blind, uh, mm-hmm. And so it was a nice little family outing. Lene actually told 48 Hours that the cabin was, quote, heaven on earth. And you know Sounds what, from like what it. my mind is describing, I mean, listen, it's so remote, you know, you you have the beautiful mm-hmm. mountains, you get the snow, you have to take snowmobiles. It sounds like a perfect getaway. And she remembers the sound of a river near the cabin, horses down in a pasture, and the singing of birds. Mm.
2: Just
0: perfect. Now, it just sounds this like a Disney
1: not- fairy tale in a way.
0: It sounds like the beautiful sounds of Manhattan, if you ask me, (laughs) as you will probably hear in the background. Now, Lene, the daughter, said she loved going up to the cabin, where aunts, uncles, cousins would meet them to hang out. The cabin was so peaceful, their mom, Kay, had named it T-Day's Tranquility. And on this Mm -hmm. trip in 1990, Rolf and Kay had a large Christmas tree set up. Presents were already piling up under the tree a few days before Christmas, and Kay had hung stockings under the mantle for the girls. I know we just got out of Christmas, but I'm like, I just, I love it so much. The whole family spent the night of Friday, December 21st in Salt Lake City, about 45 minutes away, doing last minute holiday shopping and activities, which we're all very used to.
1: Now, Darren, for new listeners, uh, you said you loved Christmas. I know you, how do you identify uh, in terms of religion? Are you half Jew, half Christian? How do you kind of like explain that for yourself?
0: Um, if you want to tell up, everybody, I mean, I, no, I mean, I grew up very secular, so I did not grow up with any Got sort it. of like religion, religion. It was more culturally. Mm-hmm. I grew up culturally Jewish for sure. We celebrated okay. Hanukkah and we celebrate Christmas. Technically my dad is Jewish and my mom grew up Catholic. Oh, um, so okay. by the Jewish religion, I'm not. Although uh, culturally I did grow up Jewish. I went on birthright. I did the whole damn thing, but I was not bat Got mitzvahed it. or anything like that. Yeah.
1: Got it. That's very kind of, is that unique? I feel like I don't hear about that a lot. Or is it more common than I realize?
0: Like for for people not to be yeah. by or for yeah. what? Yeah, They're I just mean, like listen. The,
1: I... the multiple kind of like cultural, religious type of upbringings. Not that you had a religious upbringing. I mean, you just had multiple religions in your life.
0: Yeah, I do think that our generation it gets less and less mm. organized religion, and I feel like it becomes a little bit more of a cultural touch point for totally. people. You know, like yeah, I'm totally. not even sure, and I'm and I'm clearly speaking out of my ass a little bit, but I'm not even sure how how many of my friends were like understood the significance of bar and by yeah. so It was like party and money. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely <laughs> think it was more like a cultural thing as opposed yeah. to maybe a, an overarching religious
1: thing. Totally. Like my my mom's grandparents and that generation and above her are very kind of not very but they were christians you know they went to church every sunday but like my mom and like my sister and brother and i never really did so we grew up very with christian holidays but like we weren't the type to really like celebrate them or like go and i mean wait we did celebrate them it's just we weren't very religious about them that makes sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's um, more of like a family event than anything else.
1: Do you see what we're doing, guys? We're giving you some context about who we are. Okay, anyway, this is only episode one. Give us a break. Um, let's get into more of these details. That same Friday when the tea days were out, Darren... Two burglars broke into their cabin. They were Von Lester Taylor, who was 21, and Edward Stephen Deli, 25. Taylor and Deli had recently escaped from a state-owned halfway house in Salt Lake City. Uh, They'd gone out on a job search on December 14th and never returned. It sounds like they were, like, maybe, you know, sanctioned in a sense, like, go find a job. And then they just simply never returned, uh, according to this halfway house, the way that stuff works. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: an official told the Deseret News, "Matt, I hope I'm saying that right. That the two were reported missing that same day. Does that sound right, Matt? Deseret News. It sounds right to me. Okay, sounds right too. Good. Thank you. Glad we're, we're glad we keep we kept Matt. Darren, same page by the way. here. Yes,
0: yeah. exactly.
1: Um, Taylor was on parole after being sentenced for aggravated burglary, a first degree felony. Deli was on parole after being convicted of aggravated arson, a third degree felony. The two men stayed in or around Von Taylor's." Uh, father's cabin the week after they escaped this cabin was located in the same area as t-day's tranquility the cabin that darren just beautifully set up on saturday december 22nd taylor called an acquaintance named scott manley who was living at another halfway house he told manley where he'd been living and that he'd broken into the other cabins in the area and stolen guns Sounds like, by the way, sound like great stand-up guys. I don't know if you agree, Darren, but... I
0: know, it does. Also, I, I it's interesting that, you know, it does seem like, I guess if you're gonna steal anything out there, that it'd <laughs> probably only be like Guns and sleds, because like no point, one's keeping yeah. valuable jewelry probably in their like what probably in their, is their vacation cabin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh, jinx. Okay. According to a lawsuit later filed by the T Days against the state of Utah, he also told Manley he was waiting in the cabin for the owners to arrive and that he was going to kill them and steal their car. Manley told officials at the halfway house about Taylor's call, but the lawsuit states no action was taken.
0: Interesting. Okay, I wonder why. I guess. I mean, no loss laws, lawsuit states no action was taken, but I kind of wonder why. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm yeah, just curious. But Kay, her odd. daughter, Kay, her I daughter, think daughter made, and her...
2: I, I'm sorry. I think maybe they just fucked up, and it's kind of refreshing to be able to say that because we <laughs> don't have true, a lawyer yeah. listening. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. There you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, things do slip through the cracks, and maybe because this wasn't such a bustling city and people probably maybe right. didn't care as much about it, maybe, maybe that's why it slipped through the cracks. But Kay, her daughter, Lene, and her mom, Beth, beat her husband, Rolf, and their 16-year-old daughter, back to the cabin first. So, you know, Kay's, Kay's first one there with Lene. Lene said it had been a bitter cold winter, and she asked her mom to unlock the cabin door so she could run her hands under some warm water before going back outside to help. Oh now, gosh. remember, they that's had to ride snowmobile. Now remember, they had to ride snowmobiles yeah. from the road to get to the cabin and it had been Christmas shopping, so they probably had bags. Plus, Grams, who was, mm. you know, grandma, was blind, so it probably took some effort to get inside.
1: Yeah. Now
0: Lene entered the house first, described seeing a gray flash go behind the refrigerator. She thought maybe a cousin had already arrived to spend time with the family and she was gonna go jump out and say boo. And oh let me my just God. say this like I, if I see something out of the corner of my eye, I always think it's like a bug or a spider. Like, I'm not even thinking it's a person,
1: but like uh. a
0: a gray flash go behind the refrigerator. I would not think it's like my mind automatically goes to the worst case scenario, which is usually spiders. <laughs> worst case scenario would be robber, murderer yeah. behind the fridge. I wouldn't be like, my cousins are surprising me. I just wouldn't think that because I'm a my- negative Nancy.
1: My word my thought it's so funny because you go to Spider, which I know you hate them. When I see things like that, I assume it's always a ghost because I'm always like being fucked with in my haunted house that I live in in Maryland, um when I'm not in New York City, and yeah, almost I would say eight or nine times out of ten, it's usually like paranormal activity there
0: uh well, that's because you <laughs> live in like the craziest, weirdest place, yeah, it's ever. like the
1: Adams family house. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, instead of a cousin jumping out, uh, a frizzy-headed man in a gray sweatshirt came out with a pistol pointed at her. Oh, my God. Von Taylor seems to be the one who has really frizzy hair, but there has been a lot of debate and confusion about who did what, and I just want the listeners to keep this in mind as we go forward. Um, Just keep in mind these details, because it will matter in the end. Now, she assumed the man would rob them, be on his way, call it a day. But when her mom, Kay, came inside, the other robber, who they described as wearing a Wearing Coke bottle glasses, came out from a back bedroom and pointed a gun at her. Do you know what Coke bottle glasses are, John?
1: I do. Yes, I had re- I had uh, reviewed this research with you at one point, Darren, and I looked it up. And yes. I actually own a pair of these. I used them in my uh, Professor Trelawney costume uh, for Halloween uh, yes. a few a few years ago. For That's my who connection. For
0: anyone who doesn't know what they are, they're kind of, you know, a little bit of joke glasses that it almost looks like, you know, you can't see. It almost magnifies your eyes, essentially. They're like magnifying glasses on your eyes. Well, again, from pictures, Edward Deli would appear to be the one with the glasses, but Mm. keep these in mind. It's hard to say. Now, this is what Lene told 48 Hours about what happened next. Quote, my mom was saying to them, what is it you want? Why are you here? I'll give you anything. Seconds after she had said that, gunfire started imploding, exploding, explosion from everywhere. Saw my mom go down. I turned at that point and looked over my shoulder to Grams and saw her get shot in the head and mm. blood spray everywhere. I heard her gasp for some breath.
1: Oh, this that's just- terrible.
0: Horrible. Now listen to this though. Graham stood up after being shot and she yes. was shot again and then a mm. third time in the chest after she fell. And during this entire shooting of her grandmother, Lynnae actually started to pray. Taylor told her to stop because he was a devil worshiper according to court documents reviewed by Shaken and Disturbed. So wow. I just want to set the, set the scene here because obviously this is for lack of a better term, it's like a massacre. A blood a blood yeah. spraying everywhere. It's her grandmother who's blind. I can only imagine what she's going through. And Matt, I, I'm sure you might be able to spread some shed some light on this because of your mom, but you this kind of harkens back to me of the time my grandmother, who had passed away over a decade ago or so, she mm. uh she fell in her uh, in her house and died mm. subsequently. You know, a lot of old people die from falls. Yeah, it's actually sadly. pretty bad. And my uncle found her. And I always have just Ugh. thought about that as like this what a thing to see. Just like that this For is a sure. horrible thing and it always shook me. Now, granted, my grandmother was older, you know, it wasn't this this horrible scene, you know, it, at least it kind of happened sort of mm-hmm. in a natural way, if you will, but I can only just imagine what Lene thought, but but let alone her blind grandmother felt.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean I will say this when we were doing the research on this case that just the fact that she was blind and Mm-mm. you know the victim of this crime really did stick out to me because my mom is you know a hundred percent blind now, and you know my mom was also like such a badass, and she was you know as listeners of our former podcast might remember, she was the second woman female to patrol alone. Um, it's amazing. As a police officer, yeah, the first in California, and the second in the country. Um, wow. And, but you know, she's a hundred percent blind now, and just thinking about somebody breaking in, and Ugh. if you're blind, what that must feel like. I mean, it's one of thing course. if you can see and you know what's going on. It's sure. another thing if you just you're so defenseless. Like, what do you do? It's crazy you yeah, took I mean, the words
1: I, right out of my mouth I was just gonna say defenseless
0: well yeah and God. imagine like you know Lene can go in there and see something maybe jet behind the refrigerator and at least you might be and on sh- heightened awareness you know what I mean but to totally, be totally yeah have absolutely no idea. It's just it's horrible. I'm disturbed by the whole thing.
1: Well, anyway, let's get back to the story here. Certain that her mom and her grams were dead, Lene said she felt sick at the thought that her dad and sister were coming back to the cabin. Remember, they these Linne and everyone got there before uh, her dad and sister so they were on their way to this what's essentially a trap Lene was tied up and gagged and said she heard the perps talking about needing to throw the bodies over the balcony talking about her grandmother Lene told the desert news that she heard taylor who was wearing her dad's sweatsuit say quote i had to shoot the bitch twice in the head end quote oh my now God. this guy not only is like you know destroying the house and shooting family members but he's doing it while wearing her dad's clothes which I'm assuming were were already there in the house like what the fuck is wrong with people
0: it's bizarre <sighs> it's just bizarre behavior because for me like and and you know I think this is going to go into the end and we can kind of revisit this but I yeah. think you know, if this was just a matter of, like, hey, let's steal their guns or their possessions, you don't want to yeah. linger around. You know what I mean? Like, Not at no. all. No. Yeah. You don't, and these people are, like, wearing their clothes, Ugh. you know, going around to do that, like, being deliberate about this whole thing. And it's really yeah. important to remember when we get to the end of this case.
1: Yeah, and specifically, like, the motive. Like, what is the motive here? And You know, you you try to get into the mind of the killer. Well, the sister said that Taylor and Deli were acting normal like it was just another day. But before long, Linnae could hear snowmobiles coming in the distance, and so could Taylor and Deli. The man in the gray sweatshirt got Linnae up, grabbed her around the neck, and put a gun to her back, telling her not to move. A man with a ski mask and gun jumped out of the garage when Rolf and Trish approached the house... And he made the two go inside. The man told Rolf to take off his clothes, and he took some of them off. The man also asked Rolf if he had any money, and he tossed him what he had, which was only $105. Taylor then—imagine all this happening, by the way, for $105. Right, exactly. in, in, in
0: three seconds. You know, it's In three seconds, quick. yeah. Right.
1: Well, Taylor then allegedly told Delhi to shoot Rolf. Deli cocked his gun and aimed it at Rolf, but he refused to pull the trigger. About 30 seconds then passes. It sounded as if Edward Deli had possibly developed a guilty conscience for a brief spell. Trish said, quote, So then the other man restraining my sister pulled his gun out, pointed at my dad, pulled the trigger, once, click, no fire, twice, click, no fire, and then a third one, when it went off, the blast was, it was so close, I could feel it end quote Um, that is like a description i feel like i've never heard on any true crime show before where it's like someone's describing what it feels like not only to see someone that they love get shot but the feel of it is so disturbing
0: for me it was actually like that 30 second pause yeah 30 seconds of like and we don't know obviously we weren't there and it's hard to get into the mind of anybody but like either second-guessing because of your guilty conscience or, you yeah. know, being mad that the person is asking you to do it and not doing it themselves. It's and so but that disturbing. 30 seconds, while it's kind of quick, also seems very long to me.
1: Totally. Yeah, 30 seconds yeah. is definitely a long time in that scenario. Exactly. Well, Rolf, unfortunately, was shot in the face and then shot again in the head from blank range when he was down. Lene said, quote, I had no doubt in my mind that he was dead, just like Mom and Graham's, end quote. Heartbreaking
0: just tragic. Now, because of the snowmobiles, the T-Days had a lot of gas cans at the cabin, of course, and Deli and Taylor poured gasoline all over the place, even doused Rolf, you know, after we thought he was dead. Then they set the cabin on fire. The men ordered the two sisters to drive them on their snowmobiles down to where Rolf's car was parked. Lene said, quote, my sister and I drove these awful men on the snowmobiles out of the cabin. I drove one man behind me, and my sister drove the other man behind her.
1: Oh my god. Imagine that, by the way.
0: Driving these killers down Ugh. the mountain. You know what I mean? Well, Trish said, she made a plan to wreck the snowmobile and throw her abductor into a tree... But she didn't want to leave her sister at the time. You know, they're separated on two different snowmobiles now. Now right. when they got down the mountain, they saw their Uncle Randy. This is just why these women are heroic. Now listen to I this. Know. It seems that Uncle Randy was staying in another cabin in the same community. And Randy told 48 hours, quote, I seen the snowmills come up the trail, two snowmobiles, and I go, Look, they're my nieces. I knew it was the oh. girls with two people on the back, and I go, Wow, they got boyfriends. Which oh, is kind no, of natural to these. It's kind of natural to think, right? Because you're seeing yeah. people on snowmobiles go down the totally. mountain. I mean, like, it's almost odd to think of it as being anything else. He, now,
1: he, he's sorry. S- he probably is like, oh, look how much fun they're having on the snowmobiles at T Day's Tranquility. Meanwhile, That's these what two I would people. Think. Yeah, meanwhile, these two guys just fucking, like, killed their family.
0: Well, despite waving at his nieces, they actually drove right past him, and he knew something was right. Now, the sisters both pretended their uncle was a random neighbor being friendly because they didn't want him to get kind of caught in the crossfire like everyone else, literally. And Randy saw a third snowmobile coming down the mountain, and he said, quote, And I look, and I look, and I go, he has no coat on, you know, no gloves, no helmet. I go, who is this? Mm. I go, oh, my God. It's my brother, Rolf. Now, remember, Ugh. we thought Rolf was dead because he got not right. only doused in gasoline, but shot in the face at close rank range. Now, mm. Randy said he didn't recognize his brother at first. He said it was so cold, Rolf had the blood sickles, essentially icicles Ugh. of blood coming down his face. He would later testify, quote, the whole side of his face was mangled, dripping blood. It looked like his eye was hanging out. The whole side of his face, it oh shot off, end quote. And you know what? It was shot off.
1: Yeah, essentially it was.
0: Well, on top of all this, Uncle Randy didn't have cell service because they were in such a remote location, and he got his brother Rolf in his car and drove off as fast as he could to get medical treatment. Randy finally got through to 911, and while he was talking to them, he caught up with his nieces and their kidnappers. He gave 911 the make of the car, which was a Lincoln, the license plate number, and told them exactly where they were driving. The 911 operator assured him that they had the cops right in the area before he headed off to a location where a helicopter was going to airlift his brother to a hospital. So... Randy and Rolf right now are like, the I mean, and and Linnea and Trish, just superheroes in in this entire thing happening. I mean, what quick thinking in such a stressful
2: time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just want to chime in that just as a dad, it's so, I can, it's just admirable, Rolf. I mean, the idea that he was shot in the face, shot in the head, doused with gasoline, (laughs) set on fire.
1: Yeah, Matt, I'm sure you would do something like that, right? Like, I'm, se- I'm being serious. Like, as a dad, right. wouldn't, Does, that, wouldn't that just, like... It's
0: like a separate instinct yeah. that kicks in. I can
2: absolutely imagine it.
1: Yeah. I feel that way even, like, I have young children in my family, two little cousins that are children. And I feel <laughs> equally protective of them like a dad, in a way. I mean,
0: even in, even in um, New York, because my girlfriend just moved here. And this is, obviously, this is yeah. peanuts in comparison. But in just thinking on your quick feet, like, sometimes if we're walking to a place yeah. and we see someone who maybe isn't in the right mindset or doesn't, doesn't look particularly friendly or maybe seems a little bit uh, (laughs) out of sorts. I immediately walk. I put her on the inside to me and I walk on the outside so that the guy would see me first. And I just immediately do it instinctively. And it's just, I can only imagine being a parent and having that same exact instinct and it being even quicker, you know?
1: Totally. My heart rate is like skyrocketing because this story is like freaking me out. Go ahead, Matt.
2: I do have to say though, like, when these things happen you know yes i could imagine myself doing that but would i i don't know i mean i know that's maybe true i would be like in a ball crying and just you know calling nine one one and saying like please help me and please help my daughters you know like i just that's I, true. I guess we just have to shout out out rolf because totally he actually did do it you know yeah.
1: yeah no i that's such a great point because I know a lot of you guys listening are probably parents, so let us know how you would interact, if you, or how you would expect to interact with the scenario. We'll keep going here. Um, it didn't take the cops long to find the Lincoln, and they got into a high-speed pursuit until it drove off an embankment. I mean, what is this? The Bourne Identity? It feels like a, a typical Liam Neeson movie or something. Um where the car ends by driving off an embankment. The car was at an angle uh, with the road up a hill above them. Trish said "Trish said she remembers seeing a couple of cops up on the road, but even more people in common clothes who were drawing down pistols and shotguns. She said she was amazed so many people got there so fast. A few shots were fired and Taylor and Deli surrendered. See, I was mixing up my words there, Darren. Taylor it and Delhi. <laughs> uh, Taylor. Getting, getting down on their knees and putting their hands behind their backs, the lead investigator told 48 hours, quote, "These guys are obviously cowards. As long as they were in total control of the situation by use of fear and force, then they continued to function. When they con- when that control went away, that's when it stopped and they surrendered to authorities end quote. I just love that he called them like total cowards because that's what they are. Uncle Randy said the helicopter arrived very quickly and Rolf was airlifted to the hospital. Darren, unbelievably, uh, he survived. So that's very good news for that scenario.
0: Insanity. I mean, this was really an act of God, saying that he totally. did that because like it was just meant to be, and like maybe there was something in there that said like these girls had suffered too much tragedy.
1: You know, maybe. What I mean? Maybe. The investigator also said that he would help, uh, or rather, he would put Rolf's odds of surviving an incident like that at one in thousand. I mean, yeah. Which also I mean,
0: seems high. Like, I would think it would be like one in a million. I mean, this guy was doused in fucking gasoline and shot in the Shot in the, the face. face.
1: Yeah. And then drove a snowmobile. Like, what? It's too much.
0: Well, um. <sighs>
1: The only I wonder, reason
0: sorry to interrupt, but I do no. wonder how much the cold played into it. Because obviously, mm, like, I wonder if the cold in some way helped preserve anything that was happening. You know, put something on ice or maybe the blood, like it helped it freeze, clot, something. This could be a completely ignorant statement, but I'm just curious no, about I, that. I wonder if it helped.
1: We need to call, we need to get like a shaken and disturbed scientist on the line that we can call and ask questions like that. Cause I think you're right. I think that there's has to be some part of that that played into it.
2: Maybe well, someone the, in the Patreon group would know the answer that.
1: <laughs> that's right. Ah,
0: now you're thinking.
1: Now you're thinking the only reason Rolf even had a small shot of surviving was that uh, the wrong gun was used to shoot him. It had birdshot, which is the smallest shot for shotguns. It can still kill people, but it's always sort of, but it's not always rather lethal and usually takes a while for a person to die from the wounds. I think, Darren, you know, a great comparison that you made when we were talking about this sh- before we, we started the show was, you know, you can get shot with a BB gun. It won't kill you, but right. it will certainly injure you by all means.
0: Especially at close range. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it can certainly do damage to, the, you know, your whole system. Right.
1: Exactly. You know? Well, he had been shot at close range in the face and in the head. So exactly, um, but remarkable. He-
0: What's even more remarkable is it turns out that Rolf had actually played dead, okay? So Trish oh said, quote, God. having the strength to get on that snowmobile, race down the mountain to save my sister and I, how much blood he lost, he couldn't see, getting down the mountain in freezing temperatures my whole life. My dad was my hero, end I quote. Mean,
1: and he sounds like an Avenger. I'm not even going to lie. He sounds like No, this like is a
0: Marvel fucking movie that I would actually <laughs> watch, okay, that I would actually watch now.
1: That you would watch, yeah.
0: Rolf later testified that he felt someone pour gasoline on him from his feet to his head. He said, quote, I was fighting hard to keep my consciousness, telling myself not to pass out. I remember thinking, Uh. somehow I need to live through this. Somehow I need to get to my daughters. You know, they say, you know that phrase, like, mind over matter? Yes. It is incredible here. Right. It is incredible here to know, like... Sheer willpower and yeah. putting your mind to something—what it can do, you know—and how
1: it kept him alive, essentially, you know. Exactly.
0: It's a beautiful story. Yeah, it is. Well, Rolf said he got up after hearing the snowmobiles leaving and tried to stomp out the fire for a second, but because he'd forgotten that he'd been doused, he went up like Ugh. a ball in flames. Oh, he ran to the shower, put the fire out that engulfed him, then went and jumped on a snowmobile. The so fact now that he's he even wet. has the wherewithal, right? But the fact that he has the wherewithal to do that, yeah. Now he's wet and in the snow, <laughs> no coat, like... by the way. A patrol deputy arrived at the crime scene, which was still very vivid to him. He said he picked up a smell like burnt hair or maybe clothes burning while he was 10 feet from the door. He entered through the garage where he saw a 12 to 18-inch puddle of blood. The officer described the inside as looking like a mini war zone. I said a massacre at the beginning with blood smears on the walls. He didn't realize the cabin was on fire until he entered and encountered smoke. Fearing the cabin would burn down, police grabbed some of the T-Day's property, including a VCR camera and some tapes.
1: Wow, that's kind of interesting, you know, like police helping you... You know preserve what's left of like your family's memories i think that's pretty admirable as well
0: yeah well and maybe it'll lead to some clues you never know well
1: that's true yeah that might be exactly why they went for it well taylor and Deli were both charged with two counts of first-degree mur- murder one count of attempted first-degree murder and two counts of aggravated kidnapping among other charges according to the new york times they had separate trials the lead investigator said quote this might appear to be a slam dunk case To some folks, but from an investigator's standpoint, uh, or rather from an investigator's point of view, it was very complicated and very complex. Sure, it's not a whodunit. There's no question who committed the crimes. But being able to determine what criminal act each suspect committed, that was a challenge. End quote.
0: Remember at the beginning when I said, like, it could have been the Frisier Coke bottle glasses, but it's hard to know who did what. And as we know, you know, there's a difference between being, you know, Two people can be in the room uh, wanting to kill this person. You yeah. know, one person can said kill them, but the person who pulls <clears> the trigger <throat> is actually the murderer. Not that the other one's going to get off, but there's two different sentences there.
1: For sure. There's two different commitments to the crime, if you will. Right. Well, Taylor pleaded guilty to murdering Kay and her mom, and all of the other charges against him were dropped as part of his plea. At his trial, footage was played from the T-Day's VCR, Darren, that had been collected from the burning crime scene. Uh-huh. Taylor's, There you go. Taylor's defense attorney objected to the jury seeing the footage because he called it, quote, a ridiculous little tape, but was overruled. The footage, according to the Associated Press, showed Taylor and Delhi recording themselves while opening the T-Day's Christmas Presence. I mean, what kind of fucking asshole sick do you fuck have to is be? The,
0: is the word that you're looking yeah. for there, John? Sick <laughs> yes, fuck. And this you. is sort of my point because remember, they're wearing the dad's clothes. You know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're parading around. This is not someone. This is someone who is meant to do that, and it's cruel. They're not even looking to rob and get the fuck out. They are meant to torture. It reminds me of the strangers. Like it yeah. almost seems like they're just doing this for fun for their yeah, jollies, like for sport. For it yeah. All. yeah, right. No, exactly.
1: Right. Well, they took 10 minutes of footage opening presents and discussing the value of baseball cards. The prosecutor ah. argued that the tape that uh, showed the two men were, quote, not your standard burglars. I think that's a very good point. Taylor was convicted in 1991 of first degree murder and sentenced to die by lethal injection, according to the Desert News. Deli refused to take a plea and also went to trial in 1991. Excuse me. His lawyer, his lawyer argued he didn't do any of the shooting, although that's not at all what the family says about the trial. Lene says, quote, I felt like they practically wanted me to be able to see the bullets coming out of the guns. They that they expected me to point the exact gun in the direction of every bullet and where it hit at any given moment. And quote, I don't think that that was helpful for a victim to have to put a weapon that they watched their family murdered with to even have to touch it. What's the point? The weapons were already on the table. Why would I have to touch it? End quote. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is one of those weird scenarios, Darren, where it's like, on one hand, totally get the victim's perspective here. I mean, who wants to relive this in any God, way, yes. shape or form? However... There is something to be said if she is able to sort of, you know, put the right weapon in the right details. person's hand. Yeah, it, could, it, well, could, and, it and, could create justice if nothing else.
0: And let's keep in mind, and listen, you know, a lot of rape victims talk about this because they have to relive this rape over and over exactly, and over again. Yeah. And it's very frustrating, and of course no one wants that. However, being one of the, you know, two or three people at the scene, the two-person, because Trish survived as well, right. it does help kind of pinpoint... The difference, like I said, between the one pulling the trigger and the one not. Absolutely. it's hard to say in that battle, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, one juror held out against first-degree murder, and Edward Daly was convicted of second-degree murder. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole.
0: Yeah. Well, Linnae actually said, quote, Von Taylor and Ed Daly very much uh, took their own separate part in murdering my mom and Graham's. I do not feel one man in any way, shape, or form was more responsible. So, uh, you know, she feels it was both of them equal responsibility. Now, Taylor has been a- appealing his conviction for many years, and in March of 2020, ten months ago or so, a federal judge vacated Von yeah. Lester Taylor's conviction and sentence because of inexcusably uninformed advice from his defense attorney, according to the Salt Lake City oh, Tribune. Boy. Taylor's attorneys argued that if his original defense attorney would have paid attention to the case, he would have uncovered evidence that cast significant doubt on whether Taylor was the one who shot and killed the women. Taylor's attorney argued that the two women died from shots from a .44 Magnum, which was Deli's gun, not Taylor's weapon, which was a .38 Special.
2: It's also okay. hard to say that,
0: though, because, like, they were also stealing a lot of guns. And, like, you could yeah. switch guns in the heat of battle. You know, you pick something up and you go, but, you know— well. Uh, Details matter. Details matter.
1: They certainly do matter, but I'm wondering what exactly Taylor's uh, attorney is arguing here. Is it just that the 44 Magnum was purchased by Delhi? Because it doesn't matter who purchases it. It matters who picks up the gun and, you know, pulls the trigger. Well, it does,
0: but if you can't prove that, then if you have a reasonable doubt, then at least that casts some doubt on whether or not he was the one to pull the trigger, you know? Well, that's right, yes. I don't think anyone's arguing here that we don't know that they're involved. Yeah. The Tribune reported that Taylor's attorneys argue, quote, a medical examiner jumped to conclusions about what killed Kay T-Day and the testimony of daughter Lene T-Day shows the shots Taylor fired at her mother weren't fatal. The Utah Utah Attorney General's office plans to appeal this, and Lene told the Tribune in 2016 that she still suffers from post-traumatic stress and that the thought of of her having to testify again makes her angry. And this (laughs) is sort of what we were talking about. Like, she said what she can remember. I mean, she even remembers Taylor saying, every time I kill someone, it still messes with my head.
2: He's guilty,
0: she added. Both Lanae and Trisha are now married with children... Rolf, the superhero Marvel character, their father, Mm. died in 2008, unfortunately. And Trish told 48 Hours, quote, When my father was diagnosed with cancer, a whole family came together. And that last six to eight weeks of his life were so absolutely incredible, and
1: amazing."
0: Lene's husband, Nathan, said Rolf pulled him aside before he died and gave him one of the greatest compliments I ever had in my life, which was that Rolf said he could go because he knew Nathan would take care of her. uh, Mm. Which I think is... uh, So sweet. But T-Days rebuilt their Utah cabin better than it was before the fire, which I absolutely love. And this reminds me of how New York came together post 9-11 and we build back one world trade. Even bigger and better and more beautiful than it was before. And, you know, the T-Days still have gatherings there with family and friends. Trish said, quote, they're not going to take away from us the things that we love and we enjoy in our life. They took our mom. They took our grams. But that's where it ends.
1: What a family, by the way. Like, imagine having to go through all of this tragedy, even the cancer. It's like, God, once you might think things are kind of, like, back to normal after, like, what, a decade. And it's like, oh, diagnosed with cancer. But they still are able to stay positive and, and think of all the good times under unprecedented amounts of tragedy. I mean, that's so inspiring. That's, these are the kind of stories that I really love that... You know, you can kind of look at the, the silver lining in the tragedies, you know. You can t- yeah, learn a and lesson.
0: I, and and to that point, and I think with everything else, you know, in a weird, you know, weird way. it I, I am sort of happy because it seems to have even brought the family closer together. And even though that memory at that house probably seems horrible, the fact that they get to kind yeah. of, you know, build it back better, you know. And, and, and to quote Biden here, but to sort of just like – take something and not let it be a permanent horribleness for your whole life and to really kind of yeah. like turn it into lemonade. I think it's just the power of a family's love and the power that the father had for their, for their kids. Definitely. Um, absolutely. But listen, Guys, that is our first episode of Shaken and Disturbed. You have to follow us on social media, at Jay Thrasher and at Carpe Darren. Um, You need to follow us because that's where we're going to be getting some of your announcements. And please, please, please don't forget to support us on Patreon if you can. You guys are going to get so much awesome bonus content (laughs) and access to us there. And we need you. We need
1: you. We're already planning some of this bonus content, and let's just say you're not going to want to miss it if you're a super fan. Let's put it no. that way. Yeah. Um, now, Darren, typically we we love shouting out people that listen to our show, whether it's our last show, if it was currently years ago. I know you do. Scissoring is in a thing podcast as well, yes, I so do. you've got a lot of people listening to you. Um, We love shouting out people who listen and support us. So Patreon supporters are going to get first dibs on shout outs every week, Darren. And hopefully by next week, uh, you guys listening will be in the mix and we'll have some fun shout outs to start giving right away.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. Otherwise, it would be very sad, and then we'd have to just <laughs> shout each other out, and that's not fun for anybody. That's but of not course, fun. guys, please support us uh, if you can and subscribe, rate and review Shaken and Disturbed right now. Rate us high, please. Please rate us high.
1: That's right. Give us five stars if you can. Um, all right, that's it for Shaken and Disturbed episode 1. Welcome everybody. This is going to be so much fun. Uh we're so excited about what's to come, some things we haven't even like shared with you yet. Uh, And hopefully those of you who are really sad and maybe crying from last week's announcement about our previous show ending can dry your tears and settle in. Make sure you've hit subscribe and let's have fun together as a family. Okay, that's
0: right. See you next week, guys.
2: (laughs) Bye. Bye.